0: Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema.
1: Night,
0: camera, action! kids that I work with at no, my job that are sad. in their 20s <laughs> and they're taught they'll talk to me about like I'm having relationship problems and then I go for a walk with them or go for a coffee to the deli with a co-worker and this woman in her 20s will be like with someone I've never met and I'll be like oh dear that is, is the that the problem darkest thing I've <laughs> ever heard or with somebody that I met once and I'm like okay
1: <laughs> I got this movie <laughs> catfish you have to see I, I don't know what catfish is do you know really not? No. Who? What? What movies? Catfish. It, it actually was a film, but it's uh, now the the term is like I'm sure Oxford Dictionary is going to pop up with it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's uh, the idea is that um, spoiler alert, um, not our usual spoilers. But uh, this movie is about a guy who he goes through the motions of this relationship. He's like long distance in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's like a mid 30s dude. But yeah, he starts. Talking with this woman and she's like, um, this is, you know, these are photos of me. I, I can't remember mm-hmm. her background and stuff. She said she has kids and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, that's no problem. Um, she's like sending photos of her kids. Like, uh, you know, my, so it's child about an internet her, relationship. my child had her play and everything like this, you know, okay. today. and um, like as the film progresses, you know, this guy, he takes like a flight to go see her and goes mm-hmm. to her address and it's literally just like a shed. And then he looks inside. He's like, "Okay, obviously nobody lives here. I must have the wrong address or something like this." So, <laughs> but you it know, is these destitute poor people that were that were purporting a different image online. Is that the idea? That's basically it. Ah. You know, to catfish someone is to uh, pretend to be someone else uh, mm-hmm. for like dating slash sexual purposes or fulfillment of some sort. But mm-hmm. yeah, in that.
0: Oh, I have. Yeah, I have heard that term. Yeah, yeah. specifically on the internet. Yeah uh-huh we, yeah and, you
1: know you pretend to be someone else and uh rope somebody in right you know and uh but yeah it's a, it's a really sad movie because they eventually meet the woman and she's just like very average there's <laughs> a very generous.
0: there's a very good uh comedy maybe my favorite it could be comedy considered a comedy <laughs> uh, yeah there's a really good movie sad and, oh comedy. Could, is it possible to bring up a browser here Um, It's this excellent Aubrey Plaza and uh, Elizabeth Olsen comedy from maybe a year or two ago. And I'm an idiot because I've seen it twice at least. And uh, I just can't remember the title. Uh, But basically, it's like um, uh, Ingrid Goes West is what it's called. And man, is this a great dark comedy from a couple years ago where basically... Aubrey Plaza the movie opens well I'm going to make this short but sh- Aubrey Plaza is dealing with mental health issues she starts following Elizabeth Olsen on the other side of the country an Instagram star and it's this creepy dark comedy where she takes a flight across the country and starts like basically following her around and trying to work her way into her life and she does befriend her and uh, it's really dark like uh, through Instagram yeah and a bit of excellent comedy Ingrid Goes West, which is it's on Netflix and whatever. It's not a diamond in the rough. I think a lot of people saw it and uh, super dark, though. Very funny. Um, And on that note, I was talking to you about that. I finally watched this three billboards from Ebbing, Missouri movie. Yeah. And uh, I I'm sorry, but I just I hated this movie. And it it was just awful. This it was technically good and it was acted well. It won the BAFTA for the best movie of the year. How did and
1: it get so much clout if uh, it, it was so unlikable? Because it's just, those big awards shows are a bunch of BS.
0: They're, they're not based What's the on any kind of... of this? These, it's essentially... What are the billboards? It's Francis, Mac- Francis McDormand. Is a, it's got Sam Rockwell, who's excellent. The acting is excellent. But basically, Francis McDormand's daughter was murdered, and it's in a small town in Missouri, Ebbing, and she is pissed off that the case is just... You know, it's this this cold case. um, And nothing's being done. Her daughter was raped and killed. So she basically rents out these three huge billboards in the town calling out the uh, constable or whoever he is on why is nothing being done. These really over-the-top billboards and Woody Harrelson plays the cop or whatever. absolutely ludicrous script i just despised i just and i usually am not so over the top about not liking something like i will watch a movie and if it's critically acclaimed and i don't like it i'll kind of go maybe it wasn't my thing and i'll kind of relax about it and a lot of times i will even go back and try to watch it again i'm going to try to do that with black uh black panther which i just think's a terrible movie i'm going to try to watch it one more time i was thinking i thought about it was awful to though. watch that film but i haven't oh, seen it it was bad i thought but you know that's an example where i wasn't going around being like i hate this movie and i think maybe i'll watch it again but i know that with three billboards it's just ludicrous it was like he was so, just overly violent and and nutty, bad, uh, and it made no just sense. Just
1: clarify if somebody's watching it, like you know, uh-huh. the layman, to find out what the billboards are. The billboards, they're just they just have the cold case files. Like it's like her. Where's my her, daughter? The, the billboards are just like constable, whatever.
0: You know on the first one and then the second billboards like my daughter was like raped while she before she was murdered and then the third billboards like why hasn't the case been dealt with or whatever. So everyone in town it obviously instantly in a small town becomes overly like more than political. It becomes like people are starting to get hurt and it's like starts a war politically within the town, you know, but it's just over the top. And you know what I I like Martin McDonough's the director uh, writer. He's an Irish guy. As I, w- uh, you know, he did Martin that movie Indiana. in, in Bruges. He did called okay, right. really well respected movie. And I like that movie. And he did one called seven psychopaths with a big cast. Right. And he, before he ever started making movies, he, he was like a household name in Ireland as a playwright. Like he's a really celebrated playwright who eventually got into movies. Surprise, surprise, you know? And, um, anyway, three billboards, I don't know. If 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 we have any kind of place where our, our listeners, it. if we have any listeners by this point, by episode 5, and they want to start a discussion about that on any of our social media Comment, nonsense threads, shit, yeah. yeah, threads, feel free because I just, I'm looking for people <laughs> that are going... I hated that movie. Jimmy gives it zero billboards the, the out of three. DAFTA for the movie of the year, and you just kind of go, all right, you know. But that's what, you know, we talked about that last week, how the Oscars were on last week, and my personal take on that is that it's just kind of a good list of things to check out, like the, the foreign films and the Oscars or the documentaries. It's a good list of stuff that's probably good to check out, but... There's no way to quantify when you mix in all of the politics. I'm not, this is nothing original, but there's no way to quantify what the best movie is, you know, when you're dealing with the, all the politics of something like that. It's, it's absolutely obscene. I mean, the, the, the movies are nominated based on how much money went into the campaign to get it nominated right off the bat, you know.
1: Um, yeah, one of the, I, I know that one of the most highly criticized Well, a couple of them, you know, best picture is always really criticized, but um, Mm -hmm. one of the most criticized categories is always best foreign film because they always include uh, only a single entry from one country. So if two two of the best films were Russian in the same year or English or something like that, it's like So, um, wow, that is really,
0: yeah. And that's, that's kind of award shows. In general or contests, you know, anytime you try to quantify art to that degree, mm-hmm. it gets ludicrous pretty fast. Yeah, they, fast, t- they think of know? it like
1: the Olympics, like we'll take your country's entry, you know, and uh, see how that does. Yeah, right?
0: which works for the Olympics, uh, but it doesn't, doesn't really work, work, for, work for, for for creative stuff. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are we going to watch today?
1: Well, I was thinking about this a this foreign film. Sunday afternoon. Um, we haven't done anything Italiano yet. Right? Uh-huh. And you really um, like you like Italian movies or? Uh, I haven't seen that many of them, but I've I keep hearing this guy's name, Bernardo Bertolucci. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did um, Last Tango in Paris. Have you ever seen Last that? He did Last Tango in Paris. I haven't yeah. seen, but I've heard it's a lot of sexual old Marlon Brando.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's very famous. It's like let's put it this way. Have you Wait, seen it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's okay. and and in terms of how famous it is, it's like Last time I was on a flight, it was one of the movies you could watch on Air Canada. Like, right. it's not... Uh, it's very... And he is yeah. probably the most famous Italian, or
1: he's in the top 10
0: most famous 20th century Italian um,
1: directors. Um, yeah, and he also did The Last Emperor, which I know was like... I. That was on... VHS shelves, like when I was growing up. It won. Remember. It was uh, probably won a lot of awards. Like it was a very recognized. Yeah, movie. that yeah. poster is so recognizable as you well. You know, I tried
0: to watch it. I think it was the last time I tried to watch. And I might have mentioned this on the the podcast before, but I'm struggling these days. I don't know if I told you this. I'm struggling with movies where it's a it takes place in a, a uh, another country like a non-English speaking country and everyone's speaking English. And I cannot suspend my disbelief for some reason anymore. I get it. I can't do it. And the you know, a movie came out last year, a comedy. Like the Last Samurai and everyone is speaking well, that's, English. <laughs> that's I can't, that, that's we'll a good example. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, even there was a movie this past year called The Death of Stalin. That's um, Armando Iannucci, who's a really famous Scottish guy who did Veep. He does the show Veep. And he did this movie called... Uh, scottish and his name's Aramucci. yeah yeah, i think he might have even been born there but he um he did this movie about about stalin dying it's kind of this fictionalized comedy about the death of stalin and all of the officers uh uh, in in russia subject hey it's really good movie but you know what they're speaking english and i was just like i did get through it because it's so well written but uh, last emperor what we were talking about about a year ago i thought you know, I've I've never seen The Last Emperor, and I put it on, and I was like, they're speaking English, and I just couldn't do it. I just shut it off. I'm in this weird. I've gotten to this weird space where I would rather we watch it with uh, them speaking in their, right. in their
1: original language with All subtitles
0: right. to to en- enable my suspension of disbelief.
1: So, with that as the precursor, uh-huh. I have this film, a Berlucci movie. <laughs> close. Uh um, No, I thought it was. I thought that you <coughs> Bertolucci. Oh, Bertolucci. Yeah. Be- yeah. Uh,
0: what uh, I said Bertolucci. I feel it's, like it's a very americanized. It's a very americanized you're like, pronunciation. You're like
1: saying Berlucci or something. But um Bertolucci. We'll work on it. Um, But yeah, Il Conformista or something like that. It's like The Conformist. Uh Have you heard of this one? I haven't. Um, Uh. It's uh, it's like his sixth or seventh film. It's in Italian. So Mm -hmm. that gets your uh, criticism out of the way. fuck. No. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so it's from 1970. It's only his like seventh film. And it seems like it's the one that sort of pushed him into the uh, conversation of this guy might be one of the best world directors you know
0: okay and do you think that being that he's so famous and that within what you had just said about it do you think it is it is it is it uh does it fit our sort of what we're trying to do here or is it too popular you know um
1: i think i think it's um like it's relatively popular but at the same time like the reviews uh i gotta show you some of the reviews they're absolutely like yeah i just saw i just want to see the uh the The poster for it. Well, I don't, I can't. I, yeah, the I can't bring it um, up. I, I haven't heard of any of the cast. Have you?
0: No, like, but I mean, it's a, it's Louis an Italian Trinia. movie from 50, 40 or 50 years ago. Is it not? Like what year is 1970?
1: Yeah, apparently yeah. Uh, it influenced um, Francis Ford Coppola doing mm-hmm. The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, influenced Steve Buscemi when he's doing The Sopranos. You know, but, um, I think. It qualifies. I mean, as if
0: anyone you and I know are going off about the conf- we're going off about the conformist at a party <laughs> this last week. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure that a lot of people we know have seen the top two or three most popular Bernardo
1: Bertolucci films, but uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about the ones that most people know or that most people our age know uh yeah well could we just quickly see his uh well what were you gonna say about the reviews filmography what were you gonna say about the reviews of this movie um well it's just like are they polarized are they no they're just um well i guess this one says that the conformance is flawed perhaps but those very flaws may make it bertolucci's first commercially popular film okay Uh uh-huh but um yeah uh i guess it's about the fascist sort of uh it, Italian time with, um, with Mussolini, uh-huh. but um, yeah, I, they talk about like the decor uh, reflecting the story, and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, the reviews are really like. Could you scroll up glowing. so I could just see the uh, just to the
0: top again? I'd just be curious to see the um, the box office on it, um, just because that's sometimes an indicator of. Yeah, I mean it. Um, it looks like it was pretty. It made money in Italy, so yeah, it's not well. like. Uh, could, could we really quickly look at his filmography? Is yeah. What are his like most outside of Last Tango in Paris? I'm I'm for, I'm surely forgetting. Actually, even this is this is good. Could you go right to the top again? Yeah. Um. It's all usually you can sort of see right here what. Yeah, Last Emperor. See. It definitely the conformist is is in his top five most popular, but I feel like I don't know. It's probably been enough time, and and it's Italian. We could probably get away. Yeah, with 1970.
1: Doing that one. That's that'll be 50 years next year. So I and I don't know. I mean,
0: I've never seen it, and I'm sure a lot of. Is there what, what's one other option? Should we look at one other option for today before we? You you want to do this one? Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm pretty sold on <laughs> okay. this one. Once Jeez, you, okay. Like uh, when you see
1: the reviews, I think you'll.
0: Uh... Well, I just thought usually it was discussion. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, that's fine. And we we got to get going today. We got. I got a busy afternoon to do people to see. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so you want to do the Conformist? Yeah, I like this, uh, just the 2012 uh, r- article on it by this guy from The Guardian, John Patterson. It said he defined it as an expressionist masterpiece, but it said it offered a blueprint for a new kind of Hollywood film, inspiring hmm. new Hollywood filmmakers.
0: Yeah, wh- which is the that sort of uh, the, those movie brats, as they call them, like the 70s with you know all uh, with Coppola and George Lucas and Scorsese and all those guys like it's uh right so this I would mean, have been a big
1: movie for them probably for for young Coppola and Scorsese right you know, and i and think these guys a, a lot of movie fans or film fans know like a lot of the films of uh, those guys but perhaps not their influence yeah or I, influences. I
0: i think that probably in italy this would be more known standard fare i I think so i would assume so but yeah i think it would work for 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 our purposes today to do the conformist i haven't Mm. heard anyone
1: talking about that very much in the last while it's a co-production of italian french and west german film companies so it's kind of like one of those like spaghetti westerns except not
0: Mm -hmm. western
1: more art house obviously spaghetti art house yeah Mm -hmm. spaghetti i'm starting to get hungry um okay well why don't we watch the conformist yeah it's uh 147 minutes or wait no un- not 147 an hour and 47 minutes perfect I think. I um, love it
0: under two hours
1: god damn it that's yeah 111 minutes good so yeah that's good relatively short and it's like about that. il fascismo you know mm. the good times mm-hmm. no i'm just kidding <laughs> um all right well sh- let's why don't we watch it all right okay Let's, let's watch The Conformist. Mm-hmm.
0: Bernardo Berlucci. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, work on You want it to be what? Berto Bertolucci. Oh, my. That was... Mm, <sighs> <Jesus>. Perfecto.
0: <laughs> A political drama film is how it was classified on what?
1: Wikipedia? yeah Uh uh-huh what did you think of it um that one was uh it's gonna take a little more digesting i think than Mm -hmm. uh, some of the other ones the narrative was like well it was pretty straightforward i mean it seems like a lot of other well it was kind of i want to say it was almost a mafia film like it it had kind of a feel of that except as like the mafia was the the uh political party yeah I, i agree with like you know political
0: thriller Almost political drama is pretty accurate when you think about it because it's not quite a thriller. It's sort of paced. Um, I mean, it's pretty art house, for lack yeah. of a better term. I know I keep bringing that that term up on the podcast, but for lack of a better term, it's pretty. Uh, there's a lot of experimental stuff going on with um, the, the camera and the
1: cinematography. Well, yeah, the direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of. Um I don't want to say like showing off, but uh-huh. in terms of showing your ability with a camera, yeah. this guy Bertolucci, he has been he's been at the top of the heap, uh, you know, up there with um I was it Mitsugushi who did a, uh Ugetsu uh-huh. with all the the different shots. Oh, you mean the, in terms
0: of the the the
1: five movies that we have watched so yeah. far for the podcast. Oh yeah,
0: technically speaking, but I don't think that that's a secret either, obviously that this guy has about, ability well i mean he's with he's he's one of the most famous italian yeah but i directors. understand why yeah. now yeah he yeah. some of
1: those shots were like uh like where the opening shot for instance was quite a long single shot right yeah it
0: was that was noticeable right away and you know i was thinking i don't think you had seen last tango in in paris no. but this felt a little bit less accessible. like it, yeah. it, my memory of seeing Last Tango in Paris is that it was it's probably his most popular film because he perhaps consciously tried to to make something that would be more accessible. His style though I noticed, you know it, it, having only seen. I maybe have seen one other of his movies, maybe not. Maybe all I had seen previously was Last Tango in Paris, but I could feel his style a little bit after having seen that one. Yeah. And um, but this was not as accessible in terms of the way that he shot it. Not that it was super out there or anything. Like it was pretty straightforward, but um, masterful camera work and lighting and cin- you know, yeah. And a lot of the time
1: it. Um yeah you're sort of the suspension of disbelief wasn't there i think it it almost pulled you out of the film some of the time but um, you, did you feel that i think he was yeah well, a little bit but um i think a lot of the time like the decor the shot was making a statement whereas uh, a lot of other films would probably leave it to like the dialogue or something like this uh-huh. you know? but um
0: something i i have i seem to be it seems to be a theme of me asking you in a in a general sense, did you like it? In a very general sense, yeah. Like, and then, or, me, and how much did you like? it? And then it me either? not asking you
1: back because I'm <laughs> a piece of shit. But um, I did like it. I feel like I'm gonna like it after processing it more. Like uh-huh. we talked about having a format to the show where we come back and if there's any extra thoughts. And I actually have had some, and we just never got around to talking about like ones about the past films we right. watched. Yeah but uh i feel like next episode i might have some thoughts about this one
0: yeah and that's pretty common when you're talking about a uh a movie that's so uh w- you know executed at, it's in such a, it's such a high caliber film i mean that's not an uncommon thing for it to take a while for things to sink in and then our whole format is that we talk about it right away but within that i would say i like it i liked it yeah you know definitely and it was like uh Okay. Oh, man. I mean, it, it was technically, as has been the case so far with the movies we've watched. And as you just said, it was technically amazing. Um,
1: It feels like you could pull on every lot, level. It feels like you could pull a lot of stills out of this film. And it would oh, seem yeah. like, how yeah. ah, is this a single film, you know, with the yeah. same. Um, but yeah, the uses of color and, and absence of color, I thought was like really prominent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was like right in the opening scenes for some reason. Uh, it's not like, uh, I guess, diegetic or whatever. It's not naturally occurring, the the light. As far as we know, there's just like red like pouring into the room in the opening shots, right? Yeah,
0: that being said, though, I think we noticed that throughout the entire movie he was, with the exterior shots, he was clearly utilizing that uh, magic hour thing. Yeah. there. Was, he we're was getting to... like these weird blue exterior yeah. where you could not light it. It was clearly just like a a natural you know it was an exterior shot and the natural environment the natural light they were picking up was Mm -hmm. this coming across on film as blue essentially yeah which was there was a theme with blue well the thing that made us think it was
1: actually the magic hour or whatever was the fact that the they're showing buildings or shops in paris and the blue the the blue exterior was like contrasted by just the bright white light of the interior of the the shop. Yeah. Yep. Right? So it was like how could they it'd be really difficult to create that, you know, without uh-huh. having that be the actual exterior, you know. Yep. Just like yep. the yep. The, yep. the blue um,
0: I saw there was blue throughout the whole film though. I mean it was like there was the you know, I had there was uh, there was blue throughout the whole movie. though. There's a lot of blue lights and light bulbs and uh, blue light coming through I windows. And I, I don't know what he, he was... I, I I will have to look to see what the symbolism of the blue may have been in this movie. But that was a, clearly one of the colors he was...
1: Yeah, it seemed like there was more color in France. Like uh-huh. when they were in Italy and they were talking about fascism generally or like... Um, I just have the movie of running in the background here but the uh his blind friend italo Mm -hmm. um yeah he he anytime we see him he's always draped in grays and the entire uh everything fascists and italian is all very monochrome monochrome yeah yeah Yeah. and uh the buildings like seem supersized for Mm -hmm. some reason you Mm -hmm. know everything seems extra empty
0: I think that that, that maybe, and I want to look at that as well. But because yes, there were these these uh, the interior shots, and it's '30s Italy, fascist Italy, mm-hmm. and there's these shots of the interior of these buildings, and they seem just massive. and And I think it might be historically accurate, though. I mean, I. I don't know. We were sort of commenting on like look at the scope of the mm-hmm. interior of these buildings. And they're all marble and cold right. and empty and gigantic and very um what's not the word I'm looking for to evoke sort of like a government Smart. feel or an yeah. authoritarian authoritarian. Yeah, they're imposing. They're very imposing and I think it could be factual. I mean, I'm going to have yeah. to
1: Well, do a bit of reading it about might it. Might have but. been exaggerated, but uh, mm-hmm. at times but Even still, I I definitely get the sense that um, things were supposed to be, like, more grandiose for the glory of the parody and things like this, um, like with Nazi Germany and also with Mussolini's.
0: Well, I liked it, since you didn't ask, uh, (laughs) again. It's funny, you commented on not asking, and then you still didn't ask. I I thought I did, but... (laughs) No, I'm joking. But, um... Uh, I, 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 I liked it overall and I think, um, I can see why, like, I think it's considered to be one of, uh, Bertolucci's most, more popular movies. Again, I think Last Tango in Paris wouldn't fit our format. I think it's a little too popular for what we're, what we're trying to cover, but I don't know. People in the West, I have not been in many scenarios where people are talking about, uh, The Conformist. I haven't heard a lot of people nerd out about this movie. I haven't read a lot about it. I'd never seen it. And uh, I really liked it. And I could see why he's he's held in such high regard. And uh, like I've said about some of the other uh, uh, directors that we've watched, even thus far in the early stages of this, it makes me want to watch more of his stuff. Like, he's he's clearly like a a master. yeah, if it, you will.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would be intrigued to see some of those early films um that he did like prior to Last Angle in Paris and uh-huh. um, Yeah. Last Emperor and Yeah. You we, know, he we, did one with Liv Tyler and stuff like later oh, in the nineties. Oh yes,
0: uh, I can picture the poster. She's sort of yeah, I can I remember that vaguely. I've never seen it. But this was um
1: it was like a, this seemed like a young film stud, like with the with a camera in terms of the directing. Like he just he was pulling out shots I've never seen. Like oh the, yeah, it was there was ex, it was experimental but accessible. And not only shots that I'd never seen, but shots that are now commonplace. Like mm. shots that seem like um, like were very modern, right? Like at one point you yeah. commented, "Like does this." Some of these shots seem very natural. Well, we
0: were, we were, we. I was just going to say that we were taught, we commented uh, while we were watching it that it just felt very modern, which is a testament to his ability. Where we're yeah. talking about a movie that was shot fifty years ago, yeah, half wow. a century ago, yeah, and everything about it felt very contemporary. This would it would hold up I- I against any contemporary cinema in terms of like what's the shots and the stylistically is incredible but uh we noticed some some shots that were very specific like there's that one shot where he's got the camera essentially on the ground and there's leaves that are you know half a foot high or whatever right and there's that he's got wind blowing leaves and you commented exactly what i was thinking was which was that looks like a shot from the 90s yeah <laughs> like, like it looks like, like this s- low camera along the ground and the leaves are blowing yeah it looked like um, uh,
1: simon birch or like uh, <laughs> birch. or like uh the poet society or something like that you right know? but it, or like something where i don't know robin williams is in it and there's like piano going like patch adams yeah exactly patch <laughs> adams the most 90s thing you can think of without like an action star in it but um, um but it, to
0: to to bertolucci's credit it, this is 50 years ago yeah. and i'm sure it, his the influence of this movie is what we're sort of hitting on here i'm sure it's very influential or i'm sure he is very influential obviously because yeah, yeah it was he was taking risks that's that's another thing he, he you could feel that for something that was clearly shot in the late 60s i think it came out in 1970 so he probably shot this in 68 or 69 or whatever it yeah. is and like he was clearly uh taking risks like he was like doing things that were like i mean it wasn't very conventional a lot of the shots were not very conventional they were uh um,
1: but a bit again i think accessible like uh yeah um in terms of the narrative like what did you make of like i don't know there was like do you think there was any parallel between the like Sexual repression and political repression. Yes, and, I yeah. do.
0: Yeah, I think that the that the lead guy, uh, I think that that protagonist, and I don't know what the actor's name is. I don't know what the character's name is. <laughs> I'm you can Sounds so Italian. Yeah, um, with
1: this. Um, his last Jean Louis Xavier. His last name has more consonants than I think is. <laughs> I got legal. through three of his four names. Yeah, Jean Louis. Tring... xavier Tignan. Tignan. but
0: his character he was the protagonist and clearly there was an issue going on
1: with i think his
0: repressed homosexuality
1: i think yeah well the you, know? you saw when his um fiance or wife uh i think we saw i, I don't know yeah. we didn't see the marriage i don't think but yeah anyway we saw when she was describing her first like sexual experience with this old man and how he was like he was kind of getting off a little bit on it or something like oh, that in the train, right? Yeah, that's right. In so, the train car. Yeah, his uh his idea of sexuality, like the priest himself said it like he's like what is your while well, he was questioning his idea of normalcy in terms of like a sexual yes. relationship and he was just like also
0: I think that the insinuation in the in those earlier scenes with the chauffeur mm-hmm. that he ended up shooting um I'm almost certain that the insinuation is that they had met before and that, they had slept together before. It's kind of, yeah. It's striking me how good of a movie it is actually yeah. now. I think he was. <laughs> I think he, as a child, ha, was Oops. was sexually active in a in a homosexual sense, and then and that's why they kept talk. He kept talking, you know, to the priest and whoever about he just wanted to be normal. He kept saying, "I just want to have a normal life." I ah, just I wanted
1: to read that. I thought it was, well. The, no, they said it like he was no, like,
0: I, I want to marry her. Cause I just want to be normal. I just want to, I just want to have like a,
1: a, a no, domestic I mean the part before. You know. Um, like I think that was the, the, the child's first, like, homo... I don't think he... I think that was him meeting him, you know? Because... I think... I think he was being, like, a bit of a sexual predator and he saw the kids were giving this kid attention and then he, like, picked that kid we'll, out. We'll
0: have to look at that after because but, I um, feel
1: like the insinuation
0: was that there was an established relationship between him and uh, and that guy. I, I
1: Which is why he shot him, you know? I don't know. <laughs> it's too much to Google right now. Yeah, and even the shooting itself... it like um it was kind of surreal because like it, when you watch the direction of the gun and the the shots themselves, they go around the room and none of no bullets really no. strike the guy, yes. and yet he is struck and down. Much like last week, or maybe that explains why he was still alive at the end. Yeah, but like he was he, he a bullet he feigning, skimmed him, yeah, you know? or he was. Yeah,
0: You know, and he and he was also dealing with the guilt for his whole life of thinking he had murdered him, which was interesting because when he sees him at the end, there's that heavy realization. It's a there's a lot going on in that last scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fascist government, the Mussolini government has fallen, which is heavy. Um, He's running into that guy. He's you know that we're talking about. He's running Mm -hmm. into the chauffeur he's there's kind of it's very layered at the end but you had just mentioned the Shit. word surreal and that reminded me of you know the last episode we did about that new mexican film museo and mm-hmm. i had commented or we had talked about how i kind of thought the some of the surrealism that was interjected felt a little out of place now i wanted to ask you what did you think because I think there were scenes in this that were very similar to Museo, which we watched last week, Mm -hmm. where there was just surrealism interjected all of a sudden, specifically in that train car scene that you just mentioned, the Mm -hmm. the exterior shots or the window shots. So it was interior train car, but the shots or the window were clearly projections Mm -hmm. and they were overly... It was psychedelic, almost yeah. like they were like it's it funny. went from day to night and super bright, and it
1: didn't yeah, it look was real actually, at all. Um, I was actually thinking about how the direction changed slightly, like in when we were in Italy in the fascist sort of state. It seemed like um, like Bertolucci was content to have like a diagonal camera along a like just a perfectly flat, you know, fence. <laughs> Like Adam camera. West Batman. Yeah, yeah, type it was shots. very yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like that. <laughs>
0: what is that? The interstitial music from the sixties Batman. Yeah yeah, 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 that was pretty
1: good actually. <laughs> yeah, was, I used to watch those. But I did too. um Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a classic. They're very good. But um, yeah, no, it was like the the those angles, diagonal. It was shots. very angular, and yeah. then by contrast, once we get to the forest, and it's like things are not as orderly as like they're being chased through the forest. There was some Um, handheld shots. It was like, yeah, it was like, uh, all of a sudden it was born identity frigging handheld, you know, and it was all like
0: shooting guns and chasing each other. That wasn't an accident, right? No,
1: everything I had mentioned
0: that before, everything was very calculated and deliberate. Yeah. Very deliberate. Yeah. In terms Mm -hmm. of cinematography and direction, it was like, I really liked it. I think it was so good. In fact, that it's that thing that we were just talking about. When you see a movie that is, or it, 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 similarly to if you read a book or you hear a record or a song that is so good, it's a little bit difficult to to process it mm-hmm. um, all at once. Obviously, and sometimes it needs to resonate. Uh, and I feel like this one more so than maybe. Maybe even arguably any of the one the the movies that we've done thus far. Yeah, I feel like I need to let that one sit for a little bit and just kind of. Yeah, uh, it's odd. Like, as not I'm, that I think it was. I really liked it, but it, it was a lot to take in.
1: Yeah, I mean, visually, it, I think. Yeah, there's something about like when you boil down this film on paper, like it could. It seems like it's seemingly few events, right? but um yeah
0: it's like he's he's in fascist italy and then he gets given this assignment to kill his old professor yeah it could have been one scene in another type of movie and you he know what I mean? and he, exactly that's a good point and he uses his engagement to this woman and their honeymoon as the cover to go to paris mm-hmm. to assassinate and that's a pretty for how simple that story is it seemed very complex so there were, there were a lot of complexities within the yeah, narrative yeah I mean you
1: know? it almost it made me think of Once Upon a Time in America a couple times uh huh have you heard of that film
0: I've seen it I've seen it yeah um, it's the Sergio Leone movie yeah just yep. I
1: think something about the main character being so cold and just being so removed and like like weed. the De Niro character yeah the uh-huh. De Niro character and this main Trignino Uh that guy, his character, the main character in this one. Jean uh, Xavier. Jean Louis. Jean-Louis Xavier Tringan. Yeah. um,
0: Butchering his last (laughs) name. I'm sorry, I think he's still alive as
1: far as I could see on the Wikipedia, I apologize. To Jean-Louis, <laughs> that's fine if he's dead, or if he just rolled over in his grave.
0: Oh no, I
1: think he's still with us, to be honest. Look at, he's 88 years 88, old. 88, still kicking. And we're just... Years m- active, 2018, yeah. wow. and he's,
0: he's in one of the, one of probably what is considered to be the great Italian films of all time, and we can't even get his last name right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, mm. But anyway, what were you saying about him? Um, him and De Niro, they're just both similarly cold, and I thought yes. like the yeah, he like the cool. arc was almost more about like the world around them and how it changes all, more than the care like an actual character arc. We don't really see this. I mean, no, it's well, a good point. We kind of do. Like he never becomes mature or less cold inside or something like that. Like he continues to be, um, like repressed and maybe like. W- at the very end we see him like uh, turning back towards the camera and it's like as if he's reconsidering like or everything yeah that's always rough when you yeah reconsider your whole life yeah it's good when there's a camera there for it though but uh yeah, no, his uh, his entire world's coming down, and he's like, "Oh, what about that homosexual thing?" Well, to and to what you're saying, the the characters within the film
0: commented on his stoicness, like they like they were at that dinner, mm-hmm. and uh, she, the you know his his fiance was drunk, and they were whatever talking, and then they were actually they they commented within the film on,
1: "Oh, he's so serious." And yeah. he's like that's not my nature at all
0: yeah yeah of course he's (laughs) defensive about it
1: classic comeback to Uh, i'm not serious (laughs)
0: i'm and then now that being within that i have a couple of things that i would say are i felt like there were one or two moments in the film that i'm a little bit critical of and i know (laughs) who am i to 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 criticize this italian masterpiece but things like It reminded me of it because we were talking about him as a character and he's sort of caught up in this thing and he's stoic and whatever. And, you know, when they're like there's that dance scene in the in the hall, about you know, toward the end and they're all Mm -hmm. they all are in that circle or encircling him, enclosing him, enclosing him. And I thought that was a little on the nose. Um, You think so? I mean it was I think it didn't distract from the movie but I thought it was a, a slightly on the nose and there was at least one other thing Yes the scene that was the scene yes. that was brilliantly that I just remembered and I was happy <laughs> I was happy <laughs> but the the uh the scene that was so well shot I'm not trying to take away from the 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 technical uh, accomplishments where the first time he meets with the professor in the movie and they're in the professor's office and he shuts the blinds and he mm-hmm. says, just as you used to shut the blinds in your classroom. That was But suspenseful. then they literally, just, the dialogue goes into talking about shadows when we're looking at their shadows. And I kind of thought, OK, that's a bit on the nose that as well, yeah. you know. So uh, to me, there are one or two things. And unless I'm wrong and I'm not thinking uh, critically enough about it, I felt there were one or two instances they were a touch on the nose.
1: Um, in defense of that scene, I think the character himself was trying to play up the symbolism of the light. I don't think it was like... Ah, that's interesting. Because he was... It's yeah. like it's a pretty famous thing in philosophy, the Plato's cave thing, you know? And it's like, yeah. he's like, all right, let's talk about this. And he said, like, this is the best thing you could give me in terms of a gift was like these memories right. when I was doing these lectures and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, so, so that's an interesting. So the character, it could have been a very conscious effort on the part of even the character within the film to because sh- he be did kind of shut the, the, the blind yeah yeah exactly and, and, and he was kind of being on the nose with the k ca- the the play cave you know, yeah i don't think it was analogy. like analogy yeah i think yeah. it was
1: intentional symbolism on the character's part not that which is not bizarre like, who's um, who's
0: writing a scene where you're like you know what i'm gonna have in this scene intentional symbolism on the part of the character yeah like jeez
1: <laughs> whoa yeah, it's that's not That's pretty. It's not like Batman where it's just like
0: you <laughs> Adam West Batman can become more
1: than a symbol, you know? It's like okay, he they you literally mean Christopher said Nolan symbol. Batman, yeah, that's what I meant. Wow, we jumped to,
0: who would think that in a, a podcast about Bertolucci's uh the conformist, we jump from Adam Adam, Adam West, West Batman to, to Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan Batman
1: in 15 minutes. Well, it's basically <laughs> the in-between. <laughs> the conformist is the in-between. That's right. It, yeah. yeah,
0: it was shot just after the Adam West Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the important bridging piece. Heavily influenced those shots. Yeah, that would those make diagonal
0: all... shots in this movie were clearly influenced yeah. by the Batman, the 60s <laughs> Batman <laughs> TV series.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, that's a very interesting. Only that blonde woman had a grappling hook. Get out of that forest.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which, by the way, I thought that scene was amazing. That, that that scene could be in shot and it, it was it could be shot uh it could be in a movie from this year and it would seem yeah. totally contemporary her running through the forest screaming for her life right. yeah um shot it, exactly it sh- as shot, today's films are you, shot
1: it was almost as though how would you even improve on the way that that was mm-hmm. shot yeah know? no it seemed like he like he was doing some of the things like fastbender did from uh ali fears the soul uh-huh like, he was doing it. He had some of those... Um, episode 2. Very intentional. Oh. <laughs> episode 2. Phantom Menace. No. um Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just had to put a That's episode 1, by the way. Oh, yeah, whatever. Tiger glance. I think episode 2 but, is... Um, <laughs> electric even Boogaloo. Even um, Yeah. But... Oh, I can't remember what I was saying. No,
0: well, we were talking about her running through the forest and being shot, like, in a contemporary... Like, it seems
1: like... Oh, yeah, well, contemporary. I was just saying uh, in... Ali, fear eats the soul like fastbinder he would just set up the camera and let the the lighting or the um the actors like sort of play it out like dictate, yeah, dictate like what happened in the scene, whereas like um I felt Bertolucci, he used a lot more weapons you know in in terms of his directing arsenal, uh-huh, and um much more Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Yeah, he used his... Bat belt, his bat utility belt, utility belt. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I wow, think of what a comparison
0: belt. we've drawn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll just hashtag up every Batman person and see, like, when do they talk That's about right. Batman? <laughs> yeah, when we release this one. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Bertolucci,
0: hashtag Adam West, hashtag utility belt.
1: <laughs> Bertolucci's Batman is the best one. <laughs> uh, people, go, what? It's so obscure. <laughs> Um, yeah,
0: no, I really liked it. I think, as we said, I think it's something that's going to need to uh, sink in a little bit. You know, I uh,
1: it's not, it was a lot. It was. Yeah, and I think a part of it was setting up how it feels to be in fascist Italy. And by contrast, um, like more liberated France, you know, or like mm-hmm. something like that. Well, like, well, what now, refre- uh, forgive my ignorance, but in th- the
0: 1930s going into 40s, there, what was happening parallel to, you know, in France, what was happening parallel to Italy at that
1: time? I wish I could just give post-war you post-war like France political you know? science dissertation yeah. right now, but honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that would be a really great moment. Things for seemed pretty just relaxed like, in France in the 30s. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's something else I could go on to Google's 1930s France. Yeah, I I assume just fashion started popping off oh god yeah the fashions were great in this movie actually people looked good their
1: fashions and <laughs> um and the oh man though the blonde woman so? was stunningly attractive i was I was almost trying not to say that like Rousers. we were both like wow she's beautiful
0: yeah well that was the point and it was shot that way it yeah. was it was like you know he fell in love with her pretty much instantly
1: yeah, and she was a little bit more naturally femme fatale,
0: classic femme fatale.
1: Yeah, right. Oh, she was just screaming. That was really gut wrenching when she's just screaming through the window at him. Yes, remember in, in going back to the forest scene. Yeah, we were like just talking about coming to the realization that he's not going to do anything. In fact, he <laughs> yeah. might be partly responsible or mostly responsible for this. You know.
0: Yeah, and that and that again is one of those things which I found through throughout the whole movie where there were things where like you could not like how would you improve on it which is why uh you know improve on Bertolucci that, sorry? like how w- where I was watching through the entire movie and going how would you even improve on that and yeah. that being another example when she's looking at him through the window not that someone else couldn't tell the same story or a similar story but the way he was shooting things was just like oh my god mm. like i it did not feel dated at yeah. all uh, uh, and so we're talking about again like we said a movie that was shot 50 years ago yeah and so many element, uh, elements if not the entire thing did not feel dated at all no and it's you know something i talk about and have mentioned to people recently that i think is really fun and exciting for movie nerds like us if i do, dare say and include you in dare that, say if I dare say is this whole thing where we just get to watch these movies in high def at home mm-hmm. and it's like that's only been whatever it is five years it goes so fast but like if you and I were born 15 years ago, we'd be watching like a weird VHS copy and probably not
1: widescreen. Or not be able to watch it at or all. Or not
0: be able to watch it at all. And for us to be able to see these things, they were shot on film. Yeah. And so if there's a, you know, if he it's a recognized director like that, it's been preserved. The care goes into the restoration and then a Blu-ray mm-hmm. release comes out. And here we are in our goddamn bedroom or our living room and we're watching like this like, super high definition, you know, we're watching like a ten eighty P version or whatever it is, a Blu-ray version of this classic film and it's very powerful. Like the images yeah. don't seem dated at all.
1: You well, know? um yeah, I think we were reading something prior to watching it just saying that uh Britalucci and I think specifically this film, it influenced this whole wave of uh was it American directors? Did you you said that you had read that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I could see that it was quite it was
0: quite visceral and violent. And yeah, I
1: like um yeah, I have a friend right now in film school and he was just telling me about an exercise he was doing where they just tried to match like shot for shot from a feature film. Like uh-huh. they try to replicate um the color, the you know, the lighting and everything. Oh yeah, wow. um, uh, even the appearance of the actor and the makeup and everything, you know? And uh-huh. um I feel like I could see some shots from other directors in
0: oh yeah no like, it felt influential absolutely yeah yeah no like, i could feel that and
1: not even from a particular genre of director like they were talking about like um or even a particular director like it yeah just exactly felt
0: like it, it just felt like
1: generally
0: influential like
1: that's how good he was yeah of. yeah i'm i was pretty astounded i think by um yeah, I think mostly the direction, but as I'm talking about it more, the narrative and everything seems more parallel than I realized, you know. In what sense parallel? It seems like like damn, like I I do like it gave damn. me like the decor gave me the feel that it, the narrative did and um like the the character was like appropriately cold for like the political atmosphere and stuff like that. You, you, you know mean what I'm it, it
0: just it felt consistent in yeah. terms of what he had done, what he had made. It, yeah. was, it wasn't like scat, you know, scattered. I guess.
1: Um, yeah. Like you said in museo, like when I guess the one critical part was when we were like, they switched the lighting for the fight scene and it became very surreal. All of a sudden, like even the surreal aspects seemed to go in line with the narrative, you know?
0: I agree and because he did do the same thing in this but it felt like it was in a little bit more of an advanced way where it didn't like I said in advanced. Museo but 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 it's probably because this was like whatever it was this was well, this wasn't his second feature and when we watched Museo it was mm-hmm. uh, it was that director's second feature yeah. and again it was a great movie I'm not trying to criticize that guy at all but I was a little bit drawn out of the narrative or the uh, or uh, of whatever when he he interjected those surreal moments of surrealism but in this movie it just sort of yeah it just sort of there was a very natural flow to it even when he did start playing with lighting or did a projection you know a rear projection through the window that was clearly not a natural Mm -hmm. like you know he went into he 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 incorporated elements of uh, surrealism with lighting and projections and whatever but it did not detract or didn't pull me out of the uh it didn't pull me out of the the movie or 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 screw with my suspension of disbelief yeah i was As just thinking too, seeing sometimes. uh
1: seeing his wife fiance yep. th- the main character like she was actually like a re- pretty remarkably three-dimensional character and then I was thinking is there any characters that that wasn't the case of not really like even the professor like you s- feel like you gotta kind of you got to know a little bit before the film's end
0: even though he was on, on only in about love...
1: he was on about six minutes of the movie yeah exactly yeah. very minimal Which is dialogue pretty
0: impressive yeah. yeah to to get that much of a
1: of a feel for a character in such a uh Small amount of time. Yeah, yeah, I mean the two women, um, Mangianello, who I, I just like saying his name as well. But um, and she even made fun. She was like, "That's not a good name, is it?" And she was like, "Man, it's like <laughs> okay, that's a silly one in Italian too." <laughs> but um, yeah, no the char- the character development.
0: I mean everything about it kind of worked. Uh, and again, I all I, all I could really say is that in a general sense, I liked it. I well, quite a bit, and I could feels like it was probably pretty influential and i could see why for such a well-known director it would be one of his more popular but it, it 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 seemed less accessible as i said earlier than last tango in paris which is i think why it kind of works for this show it wasn't you know like i say last tango wouldn't work yeah for the show think, it's too um, popular
1: and and this is sort of a I think
0: worked in terms
1: of like, something that was yeah and like i don't think like politically or historically, I don't think we missed anything in terms of like, oh, if you didn't know about this invasion in 1941, then you this doesn't make sense. Like, I don't think we really missed anything, did we? Like, in terms of like, that didn't make like sense. Like the setting. Yeah, mean. the political setting and everything no. like that. Like, I don't really know fascist Italy's history that well, you know. But as we <laughs> talked about uh,
0: on a recent episode, uh, you know... Y- at least the, the film's the, good it, enough it doesn't matter. Well, it's these things that you're always looking at a story, you're always looking at a microcosm of these larger yeah. stories. Otherwise, it would just be called Mussolini and he, biopic, yeah. Yeah, or, or it would just be called, you know, Fascist Italy would literally be the title. You're looking yep. at a microcosm and uh it's a backdrop. But it does help to <laughs> it does help to have some context or history. Yeah,
1: well, we had to look <laughs> up what castrol oil was or Oh, castor oil. Castor that oil. That was a
0: dark thing. They mentioned castor oil about like eight or yeah, 12 like, times. Jesus Christ. Why, t-
1: maybe eight times. What is this? Castor oil. So and we finally looked it up.
0: Yeah, it's not pretty. It's like a, it's a kind of. I was of, like,
1: oh, it just sounds like vegetable oil. And then we got further down and you're like, Mussolini's favorite torture device.
0: Yeah. or One of them or his his cronies was just to give people exorbitant amounts of castor oil so they would essentially they, diarrhea have diarrhea themselves to, diary themselves to death
1: which is ugh. not pretty no not a good and but uh, no
0: I, tortures are generally
1: yeah no but they were saying like the humiliation was like one of the things that yeah. you know you Mussolini used to get off on and that used to appeal on him appeal appeal on him and <laughs> and appeal I guess, to him and that's where we end <laughs> yeah <laughs> just credit <laughs> and that's why <laughs>
0: And that got Mussolini off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's dark though. And uh, there was some dark, dark yeah, stuff yeah. in there. And he confronted his, uh, you know, the 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 protagonist confronted his own father, who was in a mental institution. In the context, oh, of oh yeah, the film. I almost forgot about that whole thing. And he confronted him, kind of. He what was clearly the
1: he kept saying slaughter and melancholy. Was it something like that? But yeah. he, he basically confronted him. It, his his
0: father was clear, clearly like a, 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 a working for the government for the fascist government, right? And yeah. he, he he was conflicted about that as well. It was very layered, mm-hmm. you know. And he confronts his father and he says, "Did you give men castor oil? Did you torture men? Did you murder men?" Mm-hmm. And his dad, by the way, voluntarily. I've never seen that in a movie before. <laughs> his father. Vault is already in a <laughs> mental health facility, and his father voluntarily puts his arms around his back yeah. to into the straight jacket position. Wrap me up, wrap me up, and then they, me the up, guys sir. that
1: work at the institution come and put a straight jacket yeah. on him. And you're the, like, the only time you've ever, ever seen see that, that before <laughs> is Harry Houdini when he's like, <laughs> "All right, dunk me! I'm putting on a spectacle." <laughs> Nobody is. you like, right. <laughs> wrap me up. Right, <laughs>
0: put me in a padded room, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the first time outside <laughs> oh, of like you geez. say, Harry Houdini. Yeah, that Chris I've seen it, <laughs> <Chris> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't oh. know outside of those real life um, uh, characters. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a character Bell, in a let's movie. Talk. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Not if making
1: I've... fun of mental health issues, but uh, no, but... that was a yeah he helicopter whirled his friggin sleeves around
0: he basically yeah he threw his arms he hugged himself and went to the guys (laughs) in the in the mental institution put me in a straight jacket
1: i'm done yeah put me back in the oven (laughs) which as i
0: commented while we were watching that's going to be me in about five to ten years (laughs) so that's why it's the way you've been talking about
1: your job it sounds like five to ten months and i have an easy job so
0: (laughs) well well i think that was uh Anything else you want to say about uh, the conformist?
1: No fascismo.
0: (laughs) We always
1: with the accent. We even
0: established
1: (laughs) that we don't think we should do them. Yeah, no, it's irresistible. (laughs) Um, Oh,
0: I can't even imagine where we're going to go with that as we explore international (laughs) cinema. (laughs)
1: keep offending everybody with our accents hashtag fascism hashtag anti fa (laughs) let's get real political (laughs) send this one to alex jones oh dear no all right alex jones what a character yeah well don't buy his supplements anyway um that's the wrap anybody's supplements (laughs) yeah you don't need those
0: yeah i gotta go i gotta go to dinner you got to eat stuff. I got a dinner. You I have don't a, want a podcast forever? I have a dinner tonight with some people. I got to go. All right. Wrapping All right. it up. All Nothing right. Formous. Thanks for listening, All right. everybody. Goodbye. Bye.